Hola, hola. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3 of the Chicago Techies Podcast, a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of Chicago techies and their experiences. This season, we'll be hearing from seasoned entrepreneurs to rising stars making their mark. We'll dive into their triumphs, their challenges, and all their unique experiences that have shaped their journeys. I'm Sissy Fisher Benitez. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Juanita. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. How's it going? It's going well. Kind of battling a cold, maybe allergies, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it happens. I feel like all of January, I was like that. You can, If you go back to listen to one of the episodes from January, you won't recognize my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but let's tell the audience what your name is, your pronouns, where you're from, and your current role. Um, so my name is Juana Tatiana Estrada. Pronouns are she, her, ella. Uh, born and raised in the south side of Chicago. And I am currently, as of this year, the senior event manager at Tinas and Tech. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love that. I mean, obviously, people know who people know we're friends because we work together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but even, even though we've been together, you know, we've been working together for a while. I feel like I, there's still a lot that I don't know about you. And I, that's why I kind of wanted to chat with you more about just your, your upbringing and all the things. So I normally ask everybody like to go back to when they were kids, right? Like when we were little, little people, um, what did you want to be when you were, you know, either in in high school or middle school? Uh, when did you, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, well, it's a really funny question. I, was obsessed with the Cheetah Girls as a kid. So I really wanted to be Raven Simone as a child, even though that's not really a career path, but I just knew I wanted to be a Cheetah Girl and sing around the streets of New York with my four Cheetah-licious friends. (laughs) Um, And I used to actually rally up my friends when I was in third grade. Like I would say early elementary, they used to let us have like recess time, like inside the classrooms. And I was like playtime in between you know our studies and i would make my friends perform in front of the class like songs the cheetah girls so i was even from a little girl i was always organizing people to do things that was always like a thing of mine but i know growing up that was like a passion of mine was for some reason i was just dying to be raven simone as i got older i realized that i was really good at being bossy so i just ended up was like yeah you know what i think i want to stick with this whole planning thing and see where this takes me but for sure Early on, I wanted to be a performer. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So did you go into college or, or you know, or high, when you graduated high school, did you go into college thinking you wanted to kind of develop those planning skills or, or is that where you developed them more? Like, what did you think you, what was your major in and everything? Yeah, actually, when I was in college, I was majoring in communications with a, well, actually, I was majoring in journalism with a minor in Latino media. So when I was in high school, I got really involved with our student body uh, newspaper. And then up until I think my, my end of my junior into my senior year, I was editor in chief of our newspaper. And so I was really dedicated in journalism. I wanted to go into that. I wanted to go into production, actually. Um, and so when I was in, a freshman at DePaul, that's where I went to, to university too, I ended up doing an, an internship slash like study abroad kind of quote-unquote it wasn't really abroad it was I flew I lived in Miami for a couple of months and I interned at Univision and so 
that was kind of the beginning of like my aspirations of like going into production and media. Um, but I ended up like pivoting completely different route because I didn't really feel like it was resonating with me by the end of my freshman to my sophomore year. Um, and it was a hard time for me because as a planner, I, I've always planned everything in my life up until that point. And so when I realized I, I didn't want to do that anymore, I kind of had a mental breakdown <laughs> and my family was livid. My parents were extremely upset because at first they didn't even want me to go to school for journalism. They didn't really believe that I could do a career in that. They didn't really see me pursuing that and actually making a living. I remember my dad early on when we discussed like college his idea was just go to community college and get a job as soon as possible. And my mom was very upset with that. And obviously I was too. Um, and so my dad was like, yeah, I like college is not going to get you anywhere. Like just get a job. And that's because my parents were working class. So like they didn't really see like the benefit in that. And, and their mindset was like, it, it was too much of an investment because they were paying for my two years of university at first. Um, so when I did decide to switch majors, they were like, well, what are you thinking? Like, what is your plan now? And obviously Juanita, who has everything planned out, was like, I don't know. I don't have a plan now. <laughs> so for me not to drop out of college, I took a couple of like half semester courses and I happened to take a course that was on building your soft skills. Mind you, I didn't know what soft skills were at that point. I was like, <laughs> like baking a cake. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's going to be a, a course I take so I can still be on the roster at the fall before I, I get kicked out. And so I took the course and what they were doing was pretty much teaching us how to formulate a resume to cater to any job that you wanted to apply for, um, which then later on in life that actually transferred into what I got to do now. But they had a speaker in class, I remember, and the speaker was talking about his career path and how he ended up in events. And long story short, at the end of his conversation, he was like, you know, I'm hiring for an intern to work at our career center here at DePaul. I'm looking for a part-time event coordinator who can support me with running events here at DePaul. Um, it's very low lift. You would just need to work Monday to Friday, just kind of do like assistant work throughout the day. And then when we do have events, I need you on site to help me organize the events. And at the time, I had a lot of free time because I wasn't going to school full time. So I was like, why not? I'll make some money while I'm waiting to figure out what I'm going to do. And sure enough, I was doing that for two years and uh, I loved it. I realized I was really good at it. So after college, I ended up pursuing event management full time. That's crazy. Like the thing that you didn't think that you just had to take, you know, for yeah, was the one that kind of like redirected your path. Yes. And it, it was nice because it was also the first time, which is, to mention this too to highlight is that it was the first time I saw somebody of color in a really high position role like outside of like your typical like manager role like for a retail store or what have you I grew up like my parents were working class they all my dad worked in the same he still works at the same place for the past 28 years now um, my mom took care of children when she was a caregiver for a very long time mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really grow up in the, the professional setting and I didn't see a lot of people of color, like Latinos who were in those positions. So being able to be like, this is cool. Like I can work for somebody who is of color. That's, that's a first. So to me, that was a big deal. Cause I, again, it was the first time I'd seen that. So I was like, this is really awesome. Sure enough, later on in life, I realized like there's more of us in the industry. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, I feel like, I feel like that's a trend for a lot of the first gen students. Yeah. That are kind of figuring life out. Yeah. So, 
is that production company the one that kind of like worked a lot within the tech community or how did you get into like the tech community? Because I know that you eventually moved on to 1871. So we're getting there. How did you, yeah. how did you land into the tech space? So I ended up working for an AV company right out of college that they sold me on this job that it was going to be an event production job. So I was like, I'm all in, but really it was a sales job. And I, God knows I don't have a sales bone in my body. <laughs> so for eight months straight, I was just getting, I was doing cold calls and getting yelled at by middle-aged men. And I was like, I hate this job. I don't want to do this anymore. So I, while I was looking for my transition career, I applied to 1871, which is, as we know, the tech incubator here in Chicago. And they were looking for just like a regular coordinator, similar to what I was doing in college. And I was like, I can do that. Like I was doing that for two years before getting here. So I applied with like the mindset that I was only going to work part time. Um, and so when I went in for the interview, I went in for the interview with the mindset I was going to work part time. But for some reason, I ended up meeting like the director of marketing, the DE&I coordinator and all the people on staff. And I was like, this feels like I'm applying for a full time role. And so by the time I was at this, like the third round, the hiring manager was like, you know, we really love you. We think you're, you'll be a really great fit for the team and we would like to hire you on full time. Um, and a little backstory to this too, to get a little bit personal, I was going through a really major breakup at the time. So I remember when like she offered me the full-time position, I started crying and she was like, Oh, like, you know, like in her mind, she was like, it's not that big of a deal, but you know, you know but in my mind, I was like, I needed that win so bad. So I remember just being like, I'm so sorry. Like it's really unprofessional of me, but I just, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And she was just like, yeah, like we would love you to be here. I like, think you'd be a good fit. And I remember like calling my mom right away, per usual, like, mom, I have a big girl job in the city. And she was just like, it's a little like it was just like one of those moments. Every time I had a big moment like that, I call my mom because my mom's like my big cheerleader. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up at 71, which again, I keep falling into situations like this and I'm really grateful for it for sure. So Chiyona, so I might even cry. I might even cry on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's where I found you at 1871. So. <laughs> um, I do want to hear though about your experience there at 1871 and just like, I guess key moments or projects that really like stand out to you that that made you kind of grow, grow into this path, right? Because you have this, this new, you, you, wherever you go, you learn something big. You ever, you yeah. always learn. So I kind of, if you have any examples of like, you know, your experience growing into this role and kind of going, stepping into this, this new like journey, like what's yeah. that to you? I think honestly, for me, one of the biggest blessings that I still say to date was the pandemic happening, even though it was definitely a hard time for a lot of people. But I think during that time, it really forced me to hone in on my skills as an event manager, because I remember I got hired December of 2019, and I was working events there for about three months until we, our team, our full staff decided, well, the CEO decided to go fully remote for precautions and safety measures. So we were in the midst of planning IWD, which is National Women's Month. And typically at 1871, they do this huge conference inside of the space. Um, and so we had to completely pivot it to online. And I remember the entire staff was just having a complete meltdown because one, we were on lockdown completely, the whole world was shut down. But two, we were just like, how are we going to move this giant conference to online? Now, luckily, when I was in college, the last course I took before graduating was a virtual management course, which is hilarious to me to this day because I remember sitting in that class thinking to myself, like, 
this is nonsense. Who would ever pay this much money to do an online event? Like, it's just a waste of time. <laughs> so, like, a year later, the whole world is virtual, and I'm like, oh, well, here we go. So I learned a lot about C-Events, um, about event registration platforms like Eventbrite, all that good stuff um, through that course. And so I was able to help the team navigate that. And I was pretty well-versed with Zoom too. So I was able to help the team navigate how to transition events through Zoom, even though at that time, Zoom was more like a meeting platform, yeah. not necessarily an events platform. Um, but I knew how to manage it really well. And so what I was doing the first couple of months was just leading our smaller scale events, like our, like the meetups we would have in, in person, which are more for like our, um, the entrepreneurs who are on the side looking to get just like founders and they would have like little meetups, like coffee chats, or they would have like networking events. And so I was doing those all virtual. And then because I was doing that really well, they helped They added me to their, the larger scale events. So I was doing IWD stuff. Um, and then around that time, uh, we had a merger with another big tech company. I'm losing their name right now, which is bad. But they, there was a huge merger between 1871 and another huge tech company here in the city that was also doing the same things as 1871, but they they've been around for a while. And so when that merger happened, we took on their events. And at that time, they were doing scale up, which I think they still do 1871 now. And I mean, it's, ITA. I remember. There that you go. There, yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. It's, I forget these names. So many names. <laughs> but yeah. ITA was merged in seventy one, and we we ended up acquiring Scala, which is which which is one of ITA's largest conferences. So that happened, and I remember that being a completely different beast of its own. So I remember being on calls like Saturday morning trying to figure out what the team had plans and sell. And I just remember just being like heads down the entire time. I was just super focused at the time of being a support to the team because I knew I was one of the few people who knew how to use the tech yeah. space for events. And I didn't, and I, and I had a goal in mind to end up getting promoted to become a manager by year two of me being there. Like I had a set plan, of course I had a plan. Um, and so that was like the first three months I would say from March until like maybe eight, April, May. And then my 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 manager ended up leaving and i remember that was a huge shock because she was like pivotal in our company when it came to events and so when she left there was an open opportunity for a manager and for a new director and i remember vividly being told like that i wasn't at the place yet to become a manager and i was really upset in my mind at the time i was just like I was upset because I was like, "Well, how dare you? Like, I've been running events virtually for the company for the past three months. Like, I've, like, I've shown my work, you know." And but then I realized, like, they were. I mean, looking back now, I realized they were right. Like, even though I showed the initiative to want to learn, like, there was still so much I had to learn yet. And I think that's something yeah. that a lot of people early in their career need to remember is that you don't just jump into the water and start swimming a marathon. Like, that's not how it works. You have to kind of work your way to it. And so being there for that year and just diving into the whole tech space was what I needed, honestly, because if it wasn't for the knowledge I got that whole entire year of just like learning more about the tech space, the entrepreneur tech space in general, like, I don't know if I would be helpful now in my current role. Yeah, no, but that's great because I mean, what, what happened? Was it one more year before we scooped you up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A year later is when I took the leap of faith. And by then I was already doing, virtual conferences left and right. I even co-founded an ERG at 1871. That's now uh, the first black-led ERG at 1871. 
Um, and so, and now they have that now they, cause at, since being, when I was there, we did our first Juneteenth event. And now I, from what I know, they host like Juneteenth events every year. Um, so it was a really awesome experience. I learned a lot about development of BRGs, about tech entrepreneurs, the tech space in general, which is what we do now here at Looking at the Tech. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I really liked about your your background. I was doing all of that for Latinas in Tech at the beginning. Like I was, you know, in charge of, of chapters um, right. and, and events and, and programs. But I, I knew that this is not sustainable. <laughs> we need more people. <laughs> yes. And then I was I was actually on my way out to maternity for maternity leave. Um, yes. That's when you came in. And I'm like, oh, my God, I only have two weeks to train this person. <laughs> so when we were looking at, at, at folks, at candidates, we were like, well, we need someone that has experience with like in person with in person and and literally yeah, now virtual events, because it was right after not even it was like mid pandemic time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like that you had uh, that you were already around this like ecosystem of like entrepreneurship of tech of innovation. So I'm like, this was, this is going to be easy. <laughs> like yes. someone that's, someone's going to pick it up really quick. So I'm glad that we, um, that you applied. I'm glad that you came in Yes, and now have been crushing events for the last, what, two years? Yeah. Going on three. I'm going almost a three? year and a half, two years and a half. And time flies, honestly. I know that's wild. Right. You know, but it's funny because I remember when you left, for maternity leave, it was like literally two weeks that I saw you and then you're like, all right, well, I have to go on maternity leave. And I was like, <laughs> oh, but in my mind, I was like, this is like not my first rodeo. Like this, I feel like that happens to me every time. I'm just like thrown into the line, that line then I'm like, all right, figure it out. And I'm just like, I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> but I really wished we had more time together though, because I know when you got back, well, while you were gone, there were so many stories of you that I heard that was just kind of like, well, that kind of sucks because, like, that's my manager and I didn't get to experience any of this. <laughs> but left and right, it was like, sussy this and sussy that. And I'm like, well, lucky you. Like, she's gone. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I was, I was, I came back pretty quick. I mean, that was only three months. So, uh, well, I know I say only three months, but a lot happens in three months. <laughs> and you have, like, what, four events in one week. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. So. But I'm glad that didn't scare you away, and then you stayed, you you know stuck around, stuck around to find yeah. out all the things. Um, and now you're thriving because obviously your LinkedIn just changed. You had a promotion recently. <laughs> yes, I'm so so happy for that. I think a little moment of tears happened. Literally, I cried again. I said I was too earlier. <laughs> Literally, you you called me and just give me the good news, and I was in tears. I remember just my boyfriend being like, "Why are you crying?" And I'm like, oh, "Just give me my moment." <laughs> no, I I do love I do obviously I think a lot of people can see all the kind of work that you that your effort and your work that you put in, and I mean you you share some words with me earlier for like your in your bio and like and just in what I know about you and, and you have like this passion for creating a like positive impact and promoting inclusivity and diversity and belonging. So uh, you, from where, from my, from everything that I remember about you when I was looking into your resume and everything, I, I thought I saw that. I saw all those values of, of promo like promoting inclusivity, like positivity, all that. So how do you, infuse all those values into the events that you plan because I think that's that's super important to you and I do see it every day so I, I wanted to ask you about that like how do you think about all of that when you do events yeah oh first thank you so much for kind words but I think honestly 
whenever I'm doing events here for lit, I think of myself and who 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 I would like to hear from and who I would like to see when I have an hour in attendee for lit events. I know if I would have known about lit earlier in my career, I feel like I would have done more sooner just because I feel like this network is just amazing. And to know that I had to find about lit later into my career is crazy to me. But I think when I plan events, especially when I collaborate with speakers, I really want to hear more about their personal journeys outside of um, outside of like where they went to college or where they went to work. Because I feel like it starts with like their personal experiences as, a, as an individual. A lot of the people we do events with, they have a really impactful story about, you know, they came from either nothing and they worked their way up or they had a moment in their career where like myself, they were, they had to pivot and they had no plan. And now they have this fortune 500 like company, you know, exaggerating, yeah. but you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like one of those things where it's like they, they learn, I guess for me is that they learn from their adversities. And for me, that's super important because I think that all of us encounter challenges and I'm a big proponent of like how you, how you react to a challenge, how you navigate a challenge is what determines a person. You know, because oftentimes either you, you're either a, a person that lets yourself fall short from a challenge and freezes and that happens to all of us. But I think to those who can take a challenge and say, you know what, there's a lesson here to be learned. And if you're able to humble yourself from that and learn through that, there is great reward in that. I know that sounds very sadistic to say and very stoic of me to say too, but I think that just from my own personal experiences, every time I have faced challenge in my life, I've learned every single time that there's a lesson to be learned that's going to propel me to the next place in my life. I mean, granted, right, like I said, my first job out of college, I was terrible at sales and talking to people. And I remember being on calls with older men and just like getting sworn out every language you can think of. <laughs> and now that I'm doing these, you know, meetings with sponsors that I meet with today, if it wasn't for me learning how to talk to those older men during that time, you know, like getting that that confidence to like negotiate calls and you know you know be on those sales pitch i don't know if i could be so confident talking to these like executives from like these large companies that we that we partner with so every moment i think in life will teach you a really valuable lesson that you can then take on to the next step so i don't know if i answered your question but no yeah, yeah. that's it, more than i thought <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of actually even answered another one that was that pop up in my head as you were speaking about um planning for people and giving people like their biggest opportunities yet yeah, I never thought I would ever be on a phone call with like executives at LinkedIn yes, or, I never, exactly. or I never thought you know I never thought I would be like having lunch with people from like Twitter at the time <laughs> now it's X but you know like yeah. I never thought I would be sitting like sitting in these spaces um and like and and creating this type of change and and almost like I, I dare to say like changing people's lives because I've yeah. been told that like and and to me that's wild. Like I never once thought about it, but now after I experienced those those conversations and and those feelings, I'm like, this is my motivation actually. Mm -hmm. So I was curious about like, what about you? Like, what has been your like? How do you find this motivation to kind of continue doing this this work? Because it's a lot and it can be overwhelming, especially in a small team with like almost hardly any resources. You know? Yeah. Um, where do you find that motivation to continue to deliver such high, like highly impact, impactful events? Well, I think to that point, it's, it's, it's the impact that we create. I think that being Latina for myself and being in this industry, it's, 
I see where the disconnect is and where there needs to be more development done. But I also understand that there, it's it's more than just showing up somewhere and being like, I'm Latina and I work in tech. It's also about creating that community, uh, creating those bridges for people to join, to join in as well, um, creating action plans and strategy to help create that pipeline for not only do you stay at that entry level, but you go into a manager role, maybe even a leadership role. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I think that what we do here at LIT and what gives me the motivation to continue doing the stuff as we do is that we are the people that can provide you the blueprint in a way to like create that, those pipelines. Like mm-hmm. we have we have the mentorship program where you can find somebody to help you through navigating your career. We have a professional mm-hmm. development program that helps you with navigating like developing an ERG or creating that like um, cohesive, comprehensive work environment for all the members. Um, we have entrepreneurship, our entrepreneurship program. Like we have so many programmings involved, plus outside of our events and our and like our conferences, that we literally have the bl- blueprint for anybody in this industry to pr- prosper, right? And then yeah. you take what we, you learn from here and you apply it to your own career or your own workplace, and that creates more pipelines. That's what makes me excited about what I do because it is a lot of work. And working in nonprofit, that's just generally the how it is. You know, you you wear multiple hats. And you're all super understaffed. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you sit back and you feel good knowing that you've done something for somebody else that will then be able to pave the way for somebody else's journey and make it easier. Again, to my point, when I was early in my career, I was the only one planning this. To be able to have a manager early on that was a black male and for me to be like, excuse my language, but holy shit, this is somebody of color who's a manager. To now think of myself where I'm working amongst Latina leaders and I'm like holy shit these are all Latina leaders like I don't know in my mind it's just like I can only imagine somebody early on in their career you know actually I had an experience recently maybe like three months ago this girl came up to me at at an event she was she's a student at Roosevelt and she was like I've never seen a Latina who is so professionally connected in in Chicago like yourself, like that inspires me to one change my major to something more technical within inside within my degree. And I was like, first of all, wow. I have a t- non-tech role for her to come to me and tell me that I was just like, I'm doing something right because you're you're studying the actual technical roles to be applied in these in these jobs that we're promoting, and I'm I'm just here to support you. And she's like, no, like it's just awesome to see how connected you are and how personal you are, like. That's what I want to be one day. And I'm like, girl, you're far more ahead than I am. But just hearing that, I'm just like, dang, like, I can only imagine how much you've already, like, you yourself, you've been here longer. And, like, you were a chapter leader yourself. Like, what you were able to do or what, like, Rocio was able to do, you know, in the beginning. So it's just, yeah. I don't know. I know I'm saying a long answer here, but overall, it's just impactful. No, I say. love that. I mean, that's that's where we find our motivation. I think that's kind of what we have to do, right? Like, we yeah. hear all these stories of um left and right from everybody experiencing different things and in just one like it's it is wild how we we don't know how impactful a little event or a little quote we say one thing we say changes someone's mind or changes someone's heart or like or their trajectory so that's been that's definitely been something that i i'm still getting used to i I don't think you ever get used to that i think it's just like (laughs) You know, they, they all, those come out of nowhere sometimes. Um, and also, like, you find some of the best friendships through yeah. these groups. I mean, 
we're friends, you know, like, and I think, I think we're also, we've been in front of people that we're working with on the side or we do projects with them on the side. You find them through these networks. And I think that also has changed my, my, my life. You know, I, my best friend, I met her through work, but she's been really involved with Latinos in tech and like new people, new friends, like, you know, that just come into your life that you didn't think that we're going to stay here long. <laughs> yeah, are. absolutely. It's just, it's so nice once you solidify yourself in a community and you find people to support you and uplift you, you, you feel even more invincible because it is, like you said earlier, it is a very hard job to have because it's long hours and it's a lot of work that mm -hmm. oftentimes feels like it's going nowhere. But when you have a community behind you who also understands what you're doing and why you're doing it, you're like, all right, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Yeah. No. And I mean, kudos to you because I used to be, you, <laughs> and, and it is long hours. You're right. Like people might may, may be thinking like, what do you mean? It's like a nine to five. It's not. There's several of our events are 4 PM Pacific. So that means 6 PM for us. Yeah. So you are sometimes logged on, 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 on multiple days of the month, you know, from six to eight, like our time. So it is long hours. It is. And yeah, you know, we are cool. You can, you can start your day <laughs> later, but still like it, it still takes a lot of one yeah. person too. And, and, and you're also doing all the strategy meetings. You're doing all the calls with the partners to go over, um, you know, potential speaking, uh, uh, speakers, potential themes. Like it's a lot of work putting together just one event. I, I, people mm -hmm. don't really see like how much time it takes to actually just put together one event. And for mm -hmm. you to be putting four sometimes in one, like, you know, in two weeks or, or, or once a week, it's, it's a lot. So yeah. you're doing great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. So I think one of my next questions is I want to talk about, a little bit about like advice for, um, for any, anyone that is kind of interested in potentially going this, this programs route, right? Like for events, strategy, or, or even just, anyone in tech that wants to kind of leave a little mark, you know, in the field. So how do you, what advice do you share for anyone that's curious about this industry or this ecosystem we call tech? Yeah. Well, the ecosystem of tech in general, I would say never not take opportunity in tech. I think if you're somebody who's looking to just like grow professionally, I think tech is a really awesome space. And I think that tech forever should be inclusive. I think people right now are really afraid of inclusivity and DE&I. I understand why, but for anybody hearing this, you know, if you're trying to break into tech, do it. Don't listen to what, you know, the news is saying or what politics is saying or whatever might have you. Because I do, I am a big proponent that tech should always be inclusive. Tech is a space where I feel like no matter what race, gender, how you identify, like it's a space where you can thrive if you're really good at it and you can thrive immensely. And you're always be an asset to any company if you're really good at tech. Now, outside of tech, you know, we're trying to, you know, become a partner of something more than just the tech ecosystem, but provide that inclusivity that I'm talking about. I would say first and foremost, fall in love with people. Like, and this goes to anybody who is like trying to break into like the nonprofit world or just do anything that's impactful, like really generally fall in love with people. Like when you fall in love with people, what that means is like learn to like connect with people, learn to understand why people do certain things, understand people's cultures, their languages, if you can, right? Um, because it, it just, it makes your job a lot easier to understand the why behind everything you do. 
So when you fall in love with people, I think it gives you that that backbone of like, I'm doing this not just for myself, but those around me. And then secondly, just honing on those soft skills. Like I said, when I first learned about <laughs> soft skills, I was like, we're making a cake, like what's going on? Um, but soft skills building will take you anywhere in life. So after you fall in love with people, learn how to do something that will be transferable anywhere you go. Um, there's somebody at, at, our, at our company right now who I greatly admire, and that's Andrea, who I think we call our secret weapon. Mm-hmm. And she's really good at those skill sets that can be, uh, those hard skill sets that can be developed. But she also has really great soft skills that I don't think she gives herself enough credit for because she's always like supporting our sponsors. She's our customer success, customer success specialist. And so, mm-hmm. you know, she, she has those skill sets. So like, talk to people, manage accounts, you know, be of support. But she also has a huge knowledge when it comes to data. So yeah. her combination of like hard skills with soft skills makes makes her our secret sauce. So no one take her away from us because I will come <laughs> after you. <laughs> but that's yeah, like somebody just... who I would use as an example of like, you know, this is somebody who definitely has the, bl- the blueprint on how to be successful in like tech for sure. But those are my two advice moments is just, Fall in love with people and honing on your soft skills for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's all about people. It's all about network and relationships. It's I'm not saying like opportunities come only with that. No, like you can make your own opportunities. Yeah. You can like you know, but but definitely like the network is is in community is very important. Um, and and falling in love with people is definitely like something that everybody should be doing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> let's let's shift a little bit to your personal goals because I I I, I want to know like what are what some what are some of your aspirations? You know, I everybody eventually le- leaves the nest. I know that yes. the time one day is going to come for us, but I, <laughs> I do want to hear about your um, your future goals or at least your asp- career aspirations that you know that you want to continue growing. You know, I'm I'm currently working on that. If I'm being quite honest, I just have a mentor. I just got a mentor recently to help me with this. Um, I took a co- a career coach last year through Lit. Shout out to Lit for that. Um, that really helped me put in perspective like my professional development. But now I'm working towards like the career development. I think that's the next stage of my life is figuring out like what's next outside of this. I know I'm really good at this, and I can either a do this forever or pivot somewhere else. And I love to learn and I love to grow. So I'm trying to figure out what the next step is. But honestly, I think it's time for me to dabble into my creative side. I think that for a while I've been doing tech because like I said, it was inclusive. It was, I saw an opportunity and I'm, you know, I honed into that, but I've always been into like fashion and makeup and all that stuff. I mean, again, I wanted to be Raven Simone when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I could be Raven Simone in the future. Who knows? But <laughs> I I do want to stay in the in the events sector, maybe marketing sector, um, and dab a little bit more on that. But I do want to tap into more of like my creative side and see where that takes me. I like that. I mean, you should have your own side hustle, or like with the things that you want to do, the things that you want to play with and have fun with. I think that's I think that's a really a reasonable goal that you can do while you work, continue to work, you know, yeah. um, on your career trajectory. But that's awesome. I'm gl- I'm happy for you. And actually, like you have an event tomorrow or today. You had an event today. Yeah, I have an event today. Actually, it's um it's a Valentine's Day event that I'm hosting in partnership with a co-working space here in Chicago called Moxie. It's really awesome. If anybody listening to the podcast, I highly recommend it. Um, but um, it's uh, it's for professional women actually here in Chicago. And I'm just kind of creating a space for us to connect and do things outside of work that can connect with other women who are professional in the city. 
Um, I was actually connected to this other woman who's uh, really big on social media. Her name is under the name of like the Windy City. She's like a realtor here in Chicago. She's really big on TikTok right now. Um, And she was really personable. And she was like, yeah, like I'm hosting this like event for the end of the year. I couldn't make it, but her just reaching out to me and being like, we'd love to have you here. That opened up the gate doors for me to be like, wait, there's a whole network of other women like myself who just want to connect with other women. So I'm like, all right, cool. So fingers crossed. Hope it's a good event. Um, It's first of hopefully many in the future. So. Big yeah. prayers. <laughs> Unfortunately, people will listen to this tomorrow, so they're not, they're not going to be able to. Um, but I mean, definitely, uh, I want people to stay connected to you so they can kind of see when the next events are. So, if anyone wanted to chat with you or connect with you, where can they where can they find you? Yeah, um, LinkedIn. Just find me on LinkedIn, Juana Tatiana Estrada. Um, or if not on social media, I'm on Instagram, and it's uh, at jte underscore events. Um, and that's where mostly I post all of my event updates um, and stuff I'm doing here in the city. Um, but yeah, those are like the two main ones. And if you're looking to hire me to do a side gig, I have my own website too. Uh, shameless plug. It's just Juanacadiana.com. Um, and there I have like a little inquiry if you're looking to hire me for any side gigs. And stuff. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Juanita. All right. Well, I will also pull all of that information on the show notes so people can connect with you. And this was a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing all this, all your little nuggets. Um, and I'm, I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what you develop into, what you create, and and, and to keep an eye out for that. So thank, thank you for you, joining Sassy. me. Thank you so much. I want to give you your flowers too for creating always a space for everybody to just feel included. So thank you for you, for you just being you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day. You as well. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies Podcast. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on social media. We are at Chicago Techies on all social media platforms. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>